Hey, New York sports fans, we've got a pretty exciting episode for you today. Our first in a series of local legends. On my left is former college coach Jim Freeman. Coach, how you doing? I am great. I'm really excited about today's episode. I am too. We have a very special guest today, like I said, local legend. Today's guest grew up down the road in Hillsdale, New Jersey, played football at Bergen Catholic, South Carolina, and Wisconsin before signing with the Seattle Seahawks as an undrafted free agent. He spent several seasons there before suiting up with for the Saints, Dolphins, Bills, Titans, and most recently the Tampa Bay Vipers from the XFL. His name is Tanner McAvoy. Tanner, thank you so much for coming on the show. We have snow here on the East Coast. How's the Cali weather treating you right now? <laughs> To be honest, I'm going to sound like a Cali kid, but it's pretty cold. It's a, uh, it's a, it's about mid fifties. Uh, <laughs> trust me, it's a little brisk in the air out here, but it's no, it's no New Jersey snow day. Um, but yeah, no, the weather's not too bad out here. No complaints. <laughs> so I just want to start by saying, congrats on making it to the NFL and now the XFL. It was my dream growing up. I'm sure it was yours. Talk about what it's like to actually accomplish that dream that many of us share. And when the XFL comes back, are you trying to work your way back into the league? Is that your goal right now? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I played in the XFL last year, and it, it went all right. Uh, I thought I'd see more time. I, I thought I had higher expectations for myself, and uh, and the league kind of started to fall apart towards the end. And then they're they're going to take another year or two off. So by the time that by the time they come back, I'll probably be on to something else. Um, what was the first part of your question again? Just you know, accomplishing oh, the dream. Like what it was like reaching your goals. And yeah. Then, I always felt ever since I was like, like a little kid when I was ever playing football, like I always kind of was meant to play football. So like it almost never felt like I was like, I didn't know till I like I knew, you know, like I wasn't like living a dream. I was kind of like, this is like kind of where I'm supposed to be. And I kind of like had to keep reminding yourself that because you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, like looking around bright eyes, like you worked hard. You're just like these guys and, and you can compete. So I, I didn't really think too much of like the whole dream part of it. But being done with it now and looking back, you can kind of like take a step back and be like, yeah, it is kind of cool that. Just some kid from like Bergen County, New Jersey, ended up coming through the uh, D1 schools and to a lot of adversity, and ended up getting on a team, uh, a pretty good team too. That's yeah, sure. no doubt. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like we said, you're from the area, Hillsdale. What are your favorite teams? Do you stick with the New York teams and the you know Yankees, Mets, or are you you know do you pull for Seattle after staying time in there? Yeah. I always kind of find myself rooting for players. Ever since I was a kid, I've always kind of like rooted for guys. And uh, so when I was a kid, I loved Brett Favre. My parents came home with a cheesehead one time, and I kind of just like fell in love with the Packers for a few years. And then he retired. Well, I guess he retired the first time. And then, um, and then I started to love like the Ravens. I would always play Madden, and like they had like the coolest defense with Ray Lewis and mm-hmm. Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, Chris McAllister. Like their team was incredible. So I loved them for a while, and then. As I got through high school, I kind of just like I just enjoyed players, so I'd always kind of root for players. And then, like, I, if I had to choose between the hometown teams, it was always kind of like I would more lean towards the Giants and the Yankees and uh, the Rangers were kind of my my squads. That's so cool. I was I yeah. was gonna ask you, did you play as yourself in Madden? What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, yes, we have. Uh, it, it was pretty surreal the first time. Even with as bad as stats that I did have in the game, somehow we would like force my guy to like just still make plays though. Like we just give him the ball as much as we could and stuff. <laughs> um, but for those few years being in the game it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So coming out of college, were you invited to the combine? 
Uh, no. So I wasn't invited to the combine. Well, in college, I kind of switched positions like three or four different times. Like the NFL didn't know like really what I was kind of going to go out for. Um, but it ended up being, uh, actually it was safety. So like I did all com like I did all my pro day training stuff as a safety, but I did run some routes at pro day, but yeah, no, there was no, there was no combine invite or anything, but it ended up working out. So yeah. Yeah, it definitely worked out. What was it like after that, I guess, cause you had to walk on. What was that whole process like? What was that experience like for you? So what they do is they um that you can sign free agents basically or undrafted free agents, and each team gets like a like a window of like let's let's call it fifty grand that they can spend, and they can distribute that fifty grand to the ten or fifteen players that they're going to sign. So let's say there's some kid who's a really good football player but didn't get drafted, you can give him ten thousand dollars or your fifty thousand dollars, and you're left with forty to give to the rest of the guys, kind of thing. So each team kind of manages what player gets X amount, and it's called their signing bonus. So when they got to me, I had they literally didn't have any money left. So for me, I was just an undrafted free agent with a zero signing bonus. So they really didn't think I was going to make the team. Wow. <laughs> That's really what it meant. It was like if they didn't give you any cash, like I, I, like it's kind of unheard of to not get any money. Like sometimes they'll just throw you like $1,000 as your signing bonus. And mind you, these kids getting drafted are getting like million dollar signing bonuses. Right. That are like your same age, like same class, like they're getting paid. But a lot of these free agents, like they just kind of have to put their head down and just grind through camp. And if you make some plays, I mean, they're going to take notice and you can make a team. So yeah. that's kind of how that's kind of how it worked out for me. Which so, is, I'm sorry, but that's yet. absolutely fantastic. Again, you know, I'm sure there are some people who maybe don't get offered a signing bonus, like you're saying, and then they, yeah. they just walk. But you know, you, you put your head down and you got back to work and you didn't care. You wanted to make the team. Yeah. And I knew that, I knew that no matter what, no matter what money I got, it's going to take a lot of work and uh, a little bit of luck getting the ball in the right situations and, yeah, awesome. uh, and the ball kind of went my way. So, yeah. So you were playing football, like suiting up without any money at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you sign and then uh, that's like during the off season. So we go through like OTAs is what they call it. Um, and then we come back for camp and during that time, every two weeks, they give you like a little bit of money. And I mean, okay. it's not much, but you're working all day. They're feeding you. They put you in housing. So it's not like you're really spending any money anyway. Mm-hmm. And then as, uh, the preseason goes along, you get paid X amount, uh, for the few weeks. But as far as signing bonus goes, yeah, like I wasn't really getting paid any big bucks, but they give you a little bit of cash to survive. Gotcha. So yeah. in Seattle, Throughout that preseason, I guess, you know, you were trying to find your niche as what position you were going to play. And I read that, you know, you obviously had history at QB, but they had Russell Wilson there. Do you get time at, you know, safety? I heard that you got a few snaps at tight end when Jimmy Graham went down. What was that whole, you know, finding your position like in the NFL? Yeah, so... So when I first got to the NFL, like did the whole signing thing, uh, undrafted free agent. So I went through that first six weeks of OTAs, which is kind of like, I don't know, you don't put any pads on, but you're still kind of running around more seven on seven kind of stuff. Uh, during that time, they had me at safety. So I was with the Legion of Boom and everything. Like, uh, like it, it was it was pretty surreal. Um, and uh, so I did all of OTAs as a safety, and then I went home for our like month break that they give us before fall camp starts, which is like when the real grind starts. And I trained as a safety, and then I flew back to Seattle, and the night before camp started, Pete Carroll calls my cell phone. And I'm like, oh, shit. 
You don't. You don't want. You don't want the head coach calling. Right. <laughs> Especially being an. Should I answer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't carry much weight. So I was like, uh, "What's going on, coach?" And he's like, "Hey, we're pretty loaded on defense, which they were. Um, we think you're a really good athlete, and we like you. We want to like see if you can give it a, a receiver a shot." Then I'm like, "All right. Well, I played a little bit of receiver in college. I only had like a few catches, but I was mostly defense. And then in high school, my junior year was my last year. I was like a full time receiver." So I was like, sure, coach, I'll give it a shot. So like, I kind of missed that whole month of training of doing backpedaling stuff. And now the next day I'm sitting there in a receiver stance. And uh, from then on, I, I made some plays early in the preseason as a receiver. And then the tight end thing was the next year uh, during the preseason. We just had a bunch of injuries. And I kind of knew the offense. They were like, Tanner, just put your hand in the dirt and see what you do. And it was just one game, but it was mostly the receiver after uh, after that OTA. Gotcha. Now, yeah. like playing with Russell Wilson – him throwing you the ball did you have any conversations about playing at wisconsin that's a pretty cool connection to have with your starting quarterback yeah no we definitely joked with each other a little bit so also our offense coordinator at the time uh daryl bevel was a wisconsin quarterback so the three of us were all kind of like wisconsin quarterbacks and like they mostly held all the records but I had, like, one small record that I beat Russ on, which is, like, the completion record. So I consistently made sure Russ knew that I still held the title out uh, at the University of Wisconsin who had the most completions. Um, but, yeah, we tease each other a bit. But, uh, he, he, I mean, he's just a competitor. I mean, that guy's something else. It's been fun to watch him still play. Yeah, definitely. Do yeah. you Did your experience at quarterback help you as a receiver in terms of either diagnosing the defense or knowing where he might place the ball? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I always tried to, like, take everything I learned from all positions. Like, every year, the year before, playing safety, playing receiver, playing quarterback, I think it all kind of helped me kind of understand where the zones were or what the defense was trying to do or how they were lining up to help help my route, how I can adjust things to make it easier for the quarterback to see. Um, so I kind of just accumulated all the knowledge that I tried to, like, learn from playing quarterback, from playing safety, and use it at the receiver position because it, it is a pretty thought like you kind of you got to be thinking a lot out there and things happen fast so I mean uh just experience and I think playing quarterback definitely helped learn the offense faster um just big picture wise because I kind of have to learn a lot faster playing quarterback and when you're at receiver you just got to know one route at QB you kind of got to know the whole picture right but uh when I played receiver I'd always try to learn every offensive play as the whole picture like I'd always try I tried to know what the what was going on with the other receivers or what how they were lining up or what the quarterback was trying to think. So he was how I kind of knew what was going on. And that probably helped you, you know, playing tight end, just knowing the whole offense. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. no, it definitely helped. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I don't know if you're even able to put it into words, but if you could try, what's it like suiting up in an NFL Jersey with the, with that Seahawks logo on your helmet, running out of the tunnel, feeling the 12th man cheer. What's that? What's that feeling like? I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um, like I was saying earlier though, it's like, I still always kept trying to consistently remind myself like, yo, you're supposed to be here. Like, like, don't, don't sit back and kind of look around and be like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. (laughs) Like you, like you worked hard and like, this is like what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but still coming out in front of that fan base. I mean, I got, I got really lucky getting picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, which was like, yeah, Pete Carroll, which is like a great fun coach. Um, the rest of the staff was awesome. And then, uh, and then they have a great team, and their stadium is just rocking almost every Sunday. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Before we came on live here, you were sharing a story about how you were a Packer fan and how you got to play in in Lambo. Yeah. Do you mind just telling us about that? 
for, yeah, for our fan I mean, base it, here. <laughs> well, I had two pretty like, like there's no way that this could happen kind of kind of situations. Um, my first catch in the NFL was uh, I think it was like week four, week five, and of course we come back to the New York Giants and we're playing the Giants at uh, at Meadowlands in front of the whole like in front of I had like 30, 40 people there, awesome. and I go in. And I run a crossing route, and somehow they don't cover me at all. And I get the ball, like Russ throws it perfectly, I catch it. I end up scoring a touchdown on my first catch in the NFL. Oh, wow. In front of, like, all my hometown friends. Like, that is completely, like, I don't know how that kind of, how that works out in the world, but it did. Yeah. And then, to top it off, like, later in the season, um, I'm at Lambeau, and we're playing the Packers. And, of course, it's like, it snows in the morning. It's like your typical like Green Bay day. It's right. like it's a night game. It snows in the morning. It's Seattle versus Green Bay, so you know it's a big game. Um, and I went to school in Wisconsin, so like as I'm warming up, I'm hearing guys in the stands like screaming. Like they, they kind of remember me from my Wisconsin days, so it was like kind of cool. And then uh, and then I find myself in the game because we were kind of getting blown out a bit, and uh, they just kind of leave me open on a on a go ball and cover two, and Russ throws it up, and I get like one of those cool like toe touch toe touch uh end zone catches for a touchdown and it was just like i, I just got up like that i'd really just score a touchdown in the lambo field in front of all these people like it was it was kind of surreal so both those catches were like just kind of like how did the universe kind of twist its way to making that happen but it did that's cool that's now is that something are, are those the two biggest memories that you'll take with you yeah i think so definitely from the nfl i mean obviously college and high school were all different experiences but the nfl those two are really cool yeah no doubt no doubt. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Do you now did you you said you grew up a Giants fan. Did you go to any games as a kid? Was it like like something different being seeing that stadium on the field versus looking down at it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I mean it was still I mean, I think in high school I probably played there like five or six times. Um but totally right. different experience because I mean there's like seven thousand people at the high school right. game and then you get the NFL game and the whole <laughs> state basically full. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool going back there and playing. It wasn't the same Meadowlands that we that we grew up in, because uh, I think they just built that like right like ten years ago or something like that. Like when we were kids, it was a different Meadowlands, yeah, whatever yeah. they called it, MetLife. Yeah, now it's MetLife, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, by that point, I mean it was kind of later in the season. I was kind of getting more used to the crowds and stuff. But it was definitely cool coming back home and playing playing on that on that field again. That's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. Now, do you have a? a fan experience maybe a crazy fan experience that you'd like to share um nothing like too absurd like i i really i didn't get any of the crazy stuff uh there's definitely some like really diehard fans out in seattle um i know there's always this one guy uh who he just had the loudest voice in the world i don't know how he yelled as loud (laughs) as he did but he knew every single player on the team and he would always position himself like right at the tunnel like during warm-ups and stuff and he consistently was there every single time and then, um, and then, like, I coincidentally bumped into him somewhere. And, like, like everyone on the team knew who this guy was because he would sit there and just be screaming everyone's <laughs> name. And, like, you'd go and, like, take pictures with him just because, like, he, like, he loved the football team. And then I think I was, like, out at, like, a gross – like, I saw him somewhere, like, completely out of the ordinary. And immediately he recognized me, and I recognized him because I see him every single Sunday. And he was screaming <laughs> So it, it was it was cool. He he lost his cool. Like it was also <laughs> I knew him outside of it, but uh, but yeah, there hasn't really been too much. I mean, nothing, no creepy mail or nothing, uh, nothing too wild. I guess that's good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. actually made me. You know, I guess a question that came into my head after sharing that story is, 
what was it like? Like, were you able to go out and not be recognized or were you, do you, pretty... have, to, do you have to wear hoodie and sunglasses, you know? No. So, uh, I can kind of blend in. I'm tall. I'm about six, six, but I, I usually slouch a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't really stick out that as long as I'm not hanging out with a bunch of other football players. So we're not like just a ball, like a bunch of big dudes. I can usually blend in a little bit. So I didn't really get recognized too much. Uh, I kind of look more like a normal dude, especially when I'm just kind of like hanging around and like grabbing a coffee or something. Um, so I don't think I got to that like stardom level, but there's definitely some Seahawks fans who, or diehard fans that would recognize me or uh, my buddies whenever we were out, but didn't happen too much. <laughs> I could imagine that's got to be the, I don't want to say the downside, but just the part that has to be difficult when you make it to that level where you, you still want to be able to be you and go out and just, yeah. but you obviously you have a fan base that you have to now cater to, to some degree. I mean, what's weird is that it's kind of, as weird as it sounds, it's kind of been like that since high school, where it's like you. I was like kind of the bigger guy at the high school, and it was like, let's say I go to a party or something, like I can't, I can't be, I can't have like a picture taken of me with like a beer in my hand. You know what I mean? Like, there's always been something in my head that I've always had to be cautious about of like what I'm doing and who I'm around and what it looks like or what it can be perceived as. Yeah. Um, so ever since I was like in high school, I've kind of always had to kind of keep like a thought process out there, trying to. <laughs> be yourself but still remain in the image that you want and be, be humble and I, you know what i'm saying yeah and so, congratulations to you and your parents honestly for raising you that way because i yeah. think there are too many scandals that we hear about and yeah. you didn't want to be part of it yeah no they definitely go on but uh yeah no i got lucky with my parents i mean they're, they're great so yeah very cool now do you have any like i know that I think all the time about what I would do if I would have made it. And I would have kept every jersey and every <laughs> pair of gloves. Do you have any souvenirs or stuff that you took with you? Um, yeah, so I got like a little – you could probably see a few footballs and a helmet. See some game yeah. balls, definitely. Uh, yeah, this was a blocked – this was a blocked uh, field goal. Um, was, oh, no, it was a blocked punt, sorry. And this was – this is the Green Bay one. This oh, is the cool. Green Bay wow. Team, which is crazy. Um, and then there's another one up there that's the Giants ball, and then there's my helmet up there. Um, so and then cool. I have a few jerseys laying around, but that's about it. That's cool. Do you ever have, like, a moment in the NFL where maybe you're lined up against a fan, like, somebody that you were a fan of growing up, or just something yeah. like, wow, like, I'm lining up against this guy? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are some cool ones. Uh, running around on Darrell Revis, I thought, was, like, really good. Like, I was blocking him, and I, I forgot I said something to him. I said something like I said like some kind of fanboy thing to him as I'm blocking. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I loved you back in Pittsburgh. It was so <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a few times. I mean, going, I got to watch Tom Brady play live. Like that was pretty surreal. Like that guy's gonna be the best ever. All um, right. What else was there? Uh, I thought going against Richard Sherman every day was really cool too. Yeah. Like getting, getting to run routes and like actually practice every single day against one of like the best corners, um, at least in the past few like yeah. our generation. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty really cool. I thought. Do you ever talk smack with him? I know that he loves that. Oh yeah, no, there's no, <laughs> there's no way to even avoid it. I think what Sherm liked about me was uh, I kind of enjoyed the shit talk, and I kind of, I kind of, like, I was like kind of a little bit of a wise ass back to him as much as I could. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we had a good relationship, but I don't think he really he didn't like whenever 
he made sure that I didn't catch as any balls on him. <laughs> he, he, he was he wasn't gonna live it now. Did you ever get one? Uh, just a few, like very very minimal. And there was a lot of attempts. So that just shows that he's pretty pretty damn good at what he did, right? Or does? Was he was he the best talker that you went up against? You think? Yeah, Sherm Sherm was smart. You know, like he he's wittyish. He's he's honest things, and he's smart. He knows everything that he needs to know, especially when he's talking about it. Um, but yeah, I think he might be up there. Uh, but there's always some guys that are always right. all chirping. But I, I, like I, whenever I'm in like I'm I've never been the guy in a football game to be like super serious and like kind of like laser focused in. Like I never was like that guy. I was kind of more like the joke around kind of guy. Uh-huh. So even when people talk smack to me, I would just kind of like respond with like something completely random. Like I would just like throw like the most random sentences at these people, and they'd be like, they look at me like, wait, what? Like, well, have a nice Tuesday, and like run away. Or <laughs> like just like I would just kind of mess around as much as I could, uh, just so I kind of had more fun with it than taking it as serious as a lot of guys kind of did. Yeah, definitely. That's the way yeah. to go. <laughs> right? Have yeah. fun. And, I mean, it worked for me. I enjoyed it. Now I don't know if I don't know if. The jersey swap was like a big phase that like came in yeah. strong, and then now with COVID, it's kind of phased itself out. Do you ever get any jersey swaps? Um, yeah, I had a few of my buddies. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I got. I'm trying to think of who else I got. Who did I? Have? So I have a few jerseys at my at my mom's house. I can't remember who. Else. I think Corey Clement I got just because he was a buddy of mine. Uh, I don't know if you know Tyler Higby. He plays tight end for the uh, the Rams now. Um, he's now like a pretty good friend of mine. I got his jersey. Uh, I think that's it. There's definitely like one or two guys that like I played with in Seattle that I have, um, just like good friends of mine. Um, but I didn't do it too much because I don't know. Yeah, they charge they charge you like four or five hundred bucks every single time you do the jersey swap. So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you get like I think you they had like they would let you do like two. And then after two, uh, they would charge you a few hundred bucks. Wow. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So if you so if you were to, like, say you wanted to keep your gloves that you wore in, in that Lambo game or something like yeah. that, do they charge you for that? No, nah, the, the rest of the equipment they don't really care about. I mean, you can get new pairs of gloves once a week or cleats or whatever. It was mostly the jerseys if you started handing out more than expected. I'm sure, like, Russell Wilson, like, or like the Deshaun Watsons or whoever is like the big guy. Yeah. Who every single week they're trading jerseys. Like they're probably the organization might be overlooking uh, yeah. their jerseys just because they bring in so much money. But a lot of the guys are like, hey, look, you, you get two to trade. Uh, the rest of them you can buy or, or for the whole season. Like, two for the yeah. season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or two or four. I forgot the exact number, but it was something like that. That's crazy. I just yeah. think of um, Lamar that one time had just like. <laughs> A oh, guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. had like a bucket of, and he's yeah. like they were just passing him out. He's signing him, giving him. People are forming a line. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, was crazy. Yeah, like I said, those guys might have a different deal, but uh, but for those undrafted free agents with zero signing bonus, you get like two or three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you made it. Yeah, you know? and, yeah exactly. And yeah, I got one. I got one of the jerseys. There you go. <laughs> and look, props to you for you know the willingness to do whatever you needed to do to get into the league. You know, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you were willing to, yeah, defense, offense, inside, outside, wherever you needed to play, you were willing. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's props. Yeah. They, they always said the more you can do, they always kind of remind you, Hey, the more you can do, whether it's Security. special teams or being the long snapper or whatever the, whatever they needed, whatever you can do to make yourself useful. Yeah. Purposeful. 
Yeah. Uh, it'll help you in the long run. So that's what I tried. That's awesome. Yeah. So after signing your contract, did you, you know, spend big a little bit? What was the first thing that you did? Uh, not really. I mean, you kind of just, uh, well, the great thing in the NFL is contracts really don't mean anything. <laughs> it's like you can kind of still get cut at any time. It's like right. you sign the contract and yeah, it says a three-year contract, but if you're not performing by week two, you could be out in two weeks kind of thing. Wow. Um, and uh, so I, when I made the team, that was the beginning of the season. So it was like kind of you just roll right into the season. You start seeing game checks as it goes on. And that's when I started to make a little bit of money. But, I mean, I, I think I, I bought a car. And then I was still kind of just living my normal, like, <laughs> order food and then get, like, I, that's, I spend most of my money on food. That's basically <laughs> Now, did you have to do <laughs> that rookie? Food, I got a car. And then I just pay my rent. And then that was, that was about it. <laughs> my spending habits for uh, my first few years. <laughs> Did you have to do that rookie hazing, if you will, where you had to like pay for everybody's food? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> um, they definitely make you do some things. Uh, I know when I first got there, when I was playing safety, like in the receiver room or in the defensive back room, they would make us, the real only thing they did, it was like that. I had to either tell a joke in the beginning of each meeting or, like, just embarrass myself somehow. You know, like, just go up there and talk and just, like, make everyone laugh. Um, that was part of hazing. And then, uh, like, on game day or the day before, like, when we traveled to games, I'd have to, like, get, like, Chick-fil-A for the whole receiver room or something like that. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's, like, like 80 bucks. Like, it's nothing, like, too right. crazy. But we were getting paid pretty handsomely. So it didn't really, uh, it didn't kill me too much. And then uh, on Christmas, they always do a position dinner. So it's, like, the receivers all go out to, like, fancy steakhouse and we'll do like a huge dinner and they make the rookie pay for it but luckily this rookie uh was a undrafted free agent with a zero dollar signing bonus <laughs> so i'm sitting there and they're they knew that they were like doug baldwin knew that he was going to pay for it but they all kind of like made it seem like i was going to pay for it so they're like oh no bring in the bring in the lobster we'll take the <laughs> so they're cranking the bill up and i'm sitting there just like with my head down thinking like all right I made twenty three thousand dollars last week. I'm like, I'm like the numbers. <laughs> this is like a whole game check right now. And then the, the bill came, and, and Doug Baldwin actually ended up paying for it. Uh, so I didn't get I didn't get killed there too much during my my hazing time. That's cool. That was nice yeah. of him. Who's who? Who would you say is the funniest guy that you that you played with? <sighs> the funniest guy. Um, I mean, Sherman was really funny. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, there's there's so many characters on that Seattle team between like Mike Bennett and Cliff Averill. Uh, I love Cam Chancellor; he was great. Uh, who's funny though? This guy Nico Thorpe was always like a kind of like the class clown. He's still on Seattle. He's a special teams guy. He was a pretty funny dude. Everyone kind of loved him. But uh, all around, I mean, the whole team from the coaching staff all the way down, like it was kind of like a big. Yeah, it, was, it was everyone was laughing most most of the meetings. Like it was a good cool. time. Um, so there's a lot of funny guys. That's awesome. Yeah, from what I've seen, Seattle does seem like a great place to play. And I think you mentioned it earlier with Pete Carroll, you know, being such a great coach and trying to make it fun for everybody. That's yeah. that's the vibe that as fans we get. And obviously you experienced it. So I guess that's true. Yeah, no, it really is. He's for as old. I don't even know what he's at right now in his age. Uh, I need to look that up, but he's old. And this guy is running up and down the sideline like, 
even in practice, like he he would always have a cat, like he'd be having a catch with one of the ball boys. And when I mean catch, <laughs> like he is he's jogging forty yards and doing he one handed catches. Like this guy, he would wear he would wear gloves. And this is swear to God, every single day doing one handed catches, throwing it back. It was it was like a little kid. He's like running around catching the ball, and it's just funny to see like how old he is and like still acting like like a little little kid just having a catch, like loving football. That's loving so cool. life. Yeah, it, it was so. He, that's kind of the precedent that he set. So you definitely get the vibe of you know he's he's kind of a goofball when uh, they draft DK Metcalf and then Metcalf oh, yeah, walks a, in, oh. yeah, takes his shirt off, and then <laughs> Pete Carroll takes his shirt off. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah no, he, he's a uh, he's a goofy guy, but he he knows how to win football games too. So it's a good combination. It's working for him. That's cool, no doubt. Yeah. Before we uh, before we wrap it up, I just have to say, you know. There's a team in, well, there are two teams in New York, but there's one team that we'd like to see has a little bit of, you know, a little room in the wide receiver room. If you, <laughs> yeah, you want to, you know, try I hear I, Joe I Judge both, is very yeah. open to whoever. <laughs> he says it doesn't matter where you come from, you know. That'd be yeah. pretty sweet. Hey, do you want to write, write them a letter and let them know I'm ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll write a strongly worded letter. Yeah, yeah, I think both those teams could use a little help right now. Yeah. But, uh, we'll figure it out, I'm sure. A uh, cool. new coach is pretty good over there in, in, uh, for the Giants, I think. Yeah, definitely. Even the Jets guy, yeah, they got the guy from uh, the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. So, we we mentioned earlier you spent some time in Tampa Bay with the Vipers last year. Are you partial to the Bucks in the Super Bowl? What's your pick? <sighs> so, I've been thinking hard the past few days of what my pick would be. Um, it, to sit here and uh, – my two rules were never bet against Tom Brady yep. and never bet against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, I'm sitting here just like, I don't know who the hell can win it. The way uh, the way the books look, the Bucks look this past weekend was pretty good. I mean, their defense is crazy, and Tom was even kind of off, and he still ended up beating a really good team. Um, but it's really tough to bet against what Patrick Mahomes can do with that offense. It's like they're going to score almost every time they touch the ball. So I still think I got to go. As much as I don't want to go against the goat, I got to go with Patrick Mahomes just because I don't know how you can slow down that offense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I could be wrong because. <laughs> Both of those teams are pretty incredible, so we'll see. But uh, but to answer your question with being down in Tampa, uh, it, like I said earlier, it's kind of now uh, I kind of root for my friends. So, like, I have a few guys on the Bucks, uh that I went to college with that are, like, good buddies of mine. So it's like I, I kind of like rooting for the guys. And uh, But I didn't really, like, become a huge Bucks fan down there. All right, so you heard it here. Tanner yep. McAvoy has picked Kansas yep. City. <laughs> For now. Now you call me next week, I'm going to be like, I'm going to completely talk myself into the Bucks. <laughs> but, but, but for now, but for now we're going with the Chiefs. It's hard. You're right, though. It's hard to go against Mahomes, right? I mean, he's incredible. It's like the two hardest things. Yeah, to bet yeah. against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl is like, why would you ever do that? Right. But you do it because he's playing against maybe <laughs> the next best thing to come up. And, yeah. and they're all firing. So. so we'll see. I don't it is know. crazy. We'll see. Should be a great yeah. game. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk. Do you think that this is the best quarterback matchup that we've seen in a Super Bowl? Probably not. I thought I thought this past weekend was the coolest weekend. Where you had Aaron Rodgers playing against Tom Brady, yeah. and then you had the Josh the Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes show was pretty cool. Um I'm sure I'm never like the best at remembering it the exact games, but I'm sure there had to have been a crazy matchup. I'm sure Tom's played against some other really good quarterbacks. Eli. 
<laughs> Eli was elite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom and Eli, come on. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the helmets. <laughs> and actually, Tom versus Peyton. It wasn't Super Bowl, True. but conference game. Yeah. That yeah, line. yeah. There's always been. I mean, we've had, we've been lucky with some of these quarterbacks, and it seems like this next wave of quarterbacks is going to be pretty damn good too. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the NFL goes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. And hopefully, Russ sticks around for a long time. It yeah, I think. Like, I mean, he played pretty well too this year. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's only going to get better. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Tanner, thank you so much for spending time getting on this call. Really appreciate it. Yeah, well, guys, honestly, thank you so much for having me. It was great to, uh, to meet you guys and, uh, and tell you great guys some of my you. stories. But, yeah, thanks again for having me on. Definitely. Thank you. It's so cool and so great to see guys who have made it and had careers in the league be so humble. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a great person to interview. And the his humility, I think, really does stem from his family. Just a real quick story. You know, I ran into his mom several years ago when he was a rookie with the Seahawks. And, you know, we were catching up on old times. And, you know, oh, so what is your family? You know, what, what's this? What's that? And she was like, oh, well, my son, he plays football out West. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, she's telling me what her other kids are doing and all. And, and then somehow it comes back around and she's like, Maybe somebody asked a question. She's like, oh, he plays for the Seahawks. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, he's really playing football out West. Right. But it wasn't, I, I'm sorry, you know, like if you were playing for the Seahawks, I'd be like, oh, my son is out yeah. playing for the Seattle Seahawks right now. But she was so humble about it. It was great. It that's was great. Cool. So you can clearly see that's where, you know, he gets it from. You love to see guys like those character people being the people who make it. No doubt. For sure. That's awesome. Great stuff. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at NYC Sports underscore podcast. Stay safe, everybody.